in charge of my own destiny. You're listening to The Mess here on the More Than Punk Podcast. I'm Seb Mackay and I'm absolutely stoked to bring you The Mess this week. Uh, we're chatting with Lily, who you just heard singing there, and this is such a great episode. Oddly enough, the episode starts with me talking about the bins situation here in the UK. So, thankfully, a good 50% of my audience is from America, and I can tell you guys that I don't know what your fucking bin situation's like. But over here, it's weird. You carry them up the road, the communal bins kind of gross. In New Zealand, they just pick them up from the curbside. It's a weird thing to talk about, and I get that. We talk about loads of other cool stuff too, like the drive to create, whether you can dedicate your life to chasing ideas, how you know a good idea is a good idea, and when is a song actually done, or are they ever just abandoned? This is The Mephs, More Than Punk. I'm Sid Mackay, and I will catch you at the end of this episode. We've got their brand new track, You'll See, in full. Adam. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. How you doing? Yeah, not bad. It's been a big week. I'm really looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's nearly there. We, we, we've nearly made it. We're so close. So close. <laughs> it's like I can taste the takeout I'm going to have for dinner tomorrow already. You know, like I feel oh, like I'm that close. That is close. Yeah, I might I might follow your lead. I mean, how, that's it's become a thing for us. We're just like Fridays. We just order in. It's, yeah. it's kind of nice. Like treat night. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like, I, and it's it's super easy to convince yourself that you've earned it. It's like <laughs> I got up for work. Fuck it. <laughs> you know? So true. Yeah. Wow. I put the bins out. Get to get to have a takeaway. To be fair, doing that in this country is like it, it is not what I imagined it would be. And I know I, I get that how that sounds right, but when you move country, you don't really think about like, oh, I wonder what the bin situation is going to be. And the whole idea yeah. of having to like carry them up the road and then there's these massive stinky bins full of God knows what. I'm just, I'm never going to get used to that. No, that's a good thing. Don't get used to it. I'm just like, Not good. why is it like this? <laughs> oh, no. How have you been? How's things with the band? Yeah, great. Thanks. Really good. We're, uh, yeah, got a lot, lot of plans and a lot going on and, yeah, it's great. Sort of buzzing at the moment. There's this sort of general meth buzz, which we like. I like that meth buzz. Yeah, it is a real meth buzz. We're going to make that one. We're going to make that a word from now on. That, that may be the title of this episode. I can't promise you it won't be. Look at that. Meth buzz. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Spelled correctly, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's one of those weird situations, right, where it feels like the countdown is on, you know? <laughs> And it's like, it must, I mean, for you, and I, I obviously talk to a lot of bands and everyone talks about like one, you know, missing shows and, and from a big band perspective, you get it because they're losing income and all that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. It's like a, you know, catastrophic thing for them. But mm-hmm. for you guys must just be like, finally, we can go back to doing this thing we love outside of our bedrooms or backyards yeah. or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. 
we were at that we were at that stage where like because because we got together 2019 we had such a small window to gig that now it's like everything is just pent up now so we've got like a year and a half worth of wanting to gig um and just smash it because we that's we love it it's one of our favorite things is the gig inside of things so how have you found um social over that time like i talked to a band called kind eyes and they blew up on tiktok they went from like mm-hmm. 600 monthly plays on spotify to 10,000 because they they posted this one tiktok and it was they have this song and i always forget the name of it but it's something to do with like fuck the clan or break up the clan or something like that yeah. so you can imagine how that sort of hit in the sort of punk yeah. tiktok area but are you kind of do you feel like the past year has just been trying to chase viral moments or build up a you know slowly I suppose is the antithesis of that right yeah you you've you've got to have that balance I think um we've always had a bit of an ethos of you know we'd rather you come to our shows and we'd rather you buy our cd and buy our merch than just listen on spotify and us be sort of another band that you just listen to a bit and and get you know fed up with and then don't listen to again so we've always wanted to be more than a spotify band if you like, I don't know how else to put it. And so obviously when you come to social media, you have to have it. You can't be in a band nowadays and not use social media. God, you can't do anything about it. I fucking hate it. You, you can't, you can't. And it's stupid to think that you can. Do you know what I mean? You can't be a band and honestly think you're going to, you know, break something if you don't have social media. It's not going to work. We've, we've certainly tried at times to sort of step back from it. And we've noticed a huge like decline in, like you say, monthly listeners, just that interest. Um, you just got to be on it. And we've really focused in the last year of sort of getting in a bit of a routine and, um, yeah, just just posting stuff quite regularly. And we haven't gone overboard. I mean, we haven't got a TikTok. Um, I'm not sure how to work that yet. So <laughs> you got to bear with me. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw t- I saw that Slipknot had a TikTok and the- and I saw that on Instagram because I'm old and I was like, oh, okay, I've missed the boat on this one. I was like, this this one is for is for them young and them youngsters. Like yeah. I'm I'm fucking out. Um, here's an interesting question. Obviously, we all make music and we're in this industry because we love it. Like that's that's a given. But when you're posting stuff on social and you're or you take a break and you see the numbers dip, does that fuck you up? Like, does it change how you perceive? success or or how you want the band to move that's a really good question you know no one's ever asked that but yeah it does because you so if if you're not careful you get so sucked in that you think oh my god like people stop listening to us like are we not like as good anymore like what have we got to do next like how do we step this up and I think it goes back to that balance again I think we've got it fairly good in that we try not to take too much notice in that respect it's like your personal social media accounts isn't it it goes back to that whole you know i didn't get that i hardly got any likes for that picture or i better put up another one a better one and filter it and make everything fluffy and lovely well yeah we we, lewis especially isn't into social media like he doesn't really do it doesn't really get it um just not really interested uh, which helps I have to say, because I think if he was someone who was like super into social media, um, yeah, we'd fall into that trap of getting like really, you know, going in on ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I'd say we're, we're lucky that we're not like that. 
either of us you know we don't have personal um like tiktoks or instagrams and stuff that we use so we just have the band one and that helps yeah it must because uh, for me it's a slightly different thing i guess in that i do one of these every week so i feel a regular um you know it takes sort of a year two years to do an ep or an album right like the the frequencies yeah. are different but i notice that i'll jump onto my um podcast platform and be like oh my god my average listenership is down like 20 percent or whatever which is normal because it's like a weekly thing and no one wants to put up with my shit every week right like intellectually i understand that but i see it go down and i go oh shit it's game over you know yeah. like the publicists are going to call me and be like hey dude we've seen that your numbers are down which they're not because they don't know but yeah. you know it's it's this kind of whole like war that, that i go through and one of the things i like to do with bands is talk about bands like their businesses right because in a lot of ways they have the, like similarities yeah do you, do you feel like you have to become more of a business slash marketing person than a band member especially at a time where you can't go out and play shows and you still want to grow yeah you do to some extent lewis always jokes as well about saying i'm i'm the the singer slash manager slash PR slash because when you haven't got a manager and when you're not signed and you haven't got a label and you haven't got uh, pluggers, you have to, you have to do it all. Um, and that's another really good point because if you concentrate too much on that side of things, you lose the whole, you know, writing new songs and enjoying playing, you know, you get so caught up on the other side of things. Um, so yeah, definitely. I I'd say, it's it's really difficult when you haven't got a manager, which is when you haven't got that something sort of backing you. Um, but on the other hand, when it all goes really well and you know you've done it yourselves as a band, it's great. It's a great feeling. Um, so so yeah, it's just it's just a balance again. Um, but it is I know what you mean about business because you're constantly having to drive this thing, which is the band. You're constantly having to push it. You're constantly having to market it to different people you know how can I get it out to younger younger audience you know how can I get like 17 18 year old wanting to listen to the meths um so yeah there's definitely you have to put that brain on but again you've got to take it off mm. see I was dragged kicking and screaming into that side of things when I started this just wanted to do it yeah. fun. I've been in and out of the music industry for so long. Um, and I took a break to do grown-up stuff and pay bills and all that kind of shit, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I, I should do some social. And I'm don't get me wrong, I'm atrocious at it. Like I'll put up a, a thing and I'll put some money behind it and I'll just, just, just let it go and then I'll do the next one, the next one. But um I I still when we're talking now, I'm not thinking about it. Like you know, I mean, I'm, obviously we're talking about it, but I'm not sitting here going, oh, this video is going to get me so many likes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like once that switches off and I go into it, it's like business brain kicks in again. And I find yeah. myself, you know, answering emails at whatever time and just kind of hating the process. How do you balance yeah. that? Like, how do you not lose your love for the creative side of it when so much of it, especially during the apocalypse, is like dominated by social growth, social media, that kind of thing? Um, get drunk, <laughs> get really wasted often. No, um, I like that. That's a nice that as, answer. We, yeah, we do that as well. Obviously, don't get me wrong. You know, my, my mother is Irish, so it's in, it's in the genes. But um, no, I think 
because we've got each other, I think there's the benefit of having just two of us. We're very like-minded. Um, like I said before, Lewis will will switch off quite easily to that that sort of thing, um, which then brings me back down. I would say we we just sort of balance each other out, um, and we rehearse often. So I think that's another big part of it. During the the first lockdown, especially when we knew that we wouldn't be able to rehearse for like I think it was about three months, it was dreadful. Like we were itching, we were video calling, we were like, yeah, we were having withdrawals, <laughs> and. Um, that was that was tough because then all you've got is the business side of things. All you've got is the promoting side of things. Um, so obviously writing as well. But again, when you're in the in a global pandemic and you're having to work shifts as well, it's really tough. Um, so yeah, I think we we cope because we got each other, and we cope because we are probably the least techie business-minded people you'll ever meet <laughs> that's the honest truth and we drink i love that i love that i was talking to um do you know the band fresh the punk band i don't think i do no okay they're an amazing band and i was talking to this singer catherine the other week and she mentioned this band called tramp stamp um which on the face of it sounds like it's going to be an awesome band right yeah but it came out that they were a sort of corporate um, put together by like Sony or something. And their whole thing oh, wow. was that they were, they were supposed to be these sort of um, queer feminist champions of, you know, the younger generation. And then, you know, cause things leak online, right. Cause that's just the way the world goes. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out that like, they just weren't that they've been basically put together by the execs at Sony to sweep in and pick up kind of punk music and like young kids and punk. And it, it's obviously the very extreme example of just doing it for business, but it's kind of a story that I love. I mean, I love that they got found out, obviously, not that they yeah. duped everybody. That is, that's rubbish. Yeah. Mate, that's annoying. Especially when you're grafting and you've got a yeah, corporate band like put together. Yeah, wow. I'll have to look them up. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's such an, like, it is such an outrageous thing. And the rabbit hole just goes so far down. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that I I kind of love that story of because I think it puts into perspective for a lot of people, not bands necessarily, because we know what it's like being on that side of things, right? Yeah. But like no one makes any money off this. This is all a hundred percent blood and sweat. Like for so and I think people don't realize that that's true for bands that are that we see as like quite successful as well, right? That you know, especially without being able to tour. Anyway, that's that doesn't lead to a question. I'm just fucking monologuing. Yeah, no, it's so true though. It's so true. How do you measure your success, like in a sea of loads of bands, who you think are doing really well? Like we look up to bands who probably aren't making any money from what they do. Um, so you've got to love it to be in it. Definitely, you've got to love it to be in it. Yeah, or you've got to be like a publicist or a label yeah. exec, you know. Yeah, <laughs> those people that gets to cut the ticket. Don't get me wrong, publicist. I love you all. You make my job much, <laughs> much easier. It's just a an ironic thing. Um, that's a good question, though. How do you measure like success for the maths? What's your and uh, uh, that can be a million record sales or not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not your business coach. I don't care. I'm just curious. <laughs> <You> can be. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be terrible. Yeah. How do we measure success? Um, I mean, we want to conquer the world. Let's put it out there. You know, you've got to go big, haven't you? We uh, 
we'll take what we can get. We we want to make this a thing. You know, we're not we're we're in this for fun. We're in this because we enjoy it. But if this could be our job, that would be the best thing ever. Mm. You know, people complain about having to you know go in a tour bus and tour around the country and oh it's horrible and you know sleeping in a van. Give us the van. We we want to we want to do it. Like so, I think success for us is you know just just growing the mess, I guess and supporting bands that we love headlining venues that we love getting loads of new fans from all over which is which is definitely something that's starting to happen and something that happened throughout um the pandemic um and that's a great feeling to know that you are sort of getting known outside of your hometown and outside of sort of Essex as a whole um is great and yeah just yeah just being becoming the biggest band in the world I mean, we want to be like the Spice Girls. Who and doesn't? I think it's going to... I know. I, I mean, Lewis is definitely going to be Baby Spice. Like, <laughs> he is Baby Spice all over. <laughs> Which Spice Girl are you? Which Spice Girl am I? I would have always said Sporty Spice when I was younger, even though I was not sporty at all. Um, yeah, maybe like maybe maybe Jerry might be jerry i like her outfits yeah i like that yeah. i feel like there's a side hustle coming on where you could just use like spice girls cover songs but in a sort of punk way hey you there joke. we go first one's <laughs> free yeah. seriously there's there was this thing in our hometown that the band was setting up and it was going to be for charity and it was uh, like uh stars in their eyes type thing and uh, they were talking about doing it again because it got put off because of the pandemic. And Spice Girls was my first thought. I thought, no one's going to think the mess are going to do Spice Girls. But I reckon those songs would sound great sped up. Like Ramon's Spice Girls. I think you should do it. Yeah. That could right. be the thing. Still. That's, the, that's the, viral, the viral content, right? Yeah. It's the, that's, that's TikTok, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I always loved that idea. You mentioned it before, being the, the travelling troubadour and, like, living on that I'm not that kind of person like I've I've <laughs> aged so far out of that now I need like a yeah. house with walls and like a solid internet <laughs> connection and like all of those kind of creature comforts but I've always yeah. loved that idea of just kind of like packing up my shit I can't play an instrument but I can talk shit you know and just going and like interviewing interesting people yeah. and that kind of thing but yeah I'm not I, I need like a like a home you know you need a base yeah yeah or if we if we ever get to like do a, a big tour, then you come on tour with us and ask like all, loads of awkward questions to all the bands we're on tour with. Like do some great interviews, just make them feel really uncomfortable before we go on stage. <laughs> I can do that. That's my whole shtick. Just you wait. Deal, deal. We're, we're on. We're on. No, that'd be such a cool way to see Europe. That's what I've always thought. I was we were we my partner and I were going to go before the apocalypse began. Um, which was excellent timing with the whole like, hey, your British passport's not worth anything anymore. <laughs> Very true. How's that? Is that? I don't like always like to dig into like Brexit and all that kind of clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. But as a touring band, are you kind of looking at that going, ah, shit, what do we do? Yeah, in one way. I mean, we've got a festival we're doing in uh, Copenhagen um, that was put off, but it's now going to be in, in September. So we're sort of looking at that, like, okay, what do we do? Like, do we need a visa? Can we just say we're just going to go and, like, hang out in Copenhagen and then play a gig, play a couple of gigs? Or 
so yeah, we're not we're not sure how it's going to affect us at the moment. Um, I can apply for an Irish passport, um, which is obviously a plus, but but Lewis can't, so it's not really going to make any difference in that way. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's worrying. It's probably more worrying for bigger bands who have already sort of made it at the minute, but it's certainly going to stop um, up and coming bands from you know becoming successful elsewhere. People won't mm. be able to afford to do it. Yeah, it's going to be mega expensive, right? Yeah, it really is. And people, I think, are going to sort of have to have a think and, you know, think, can they do it realistically? Like, what is the benefit going to be for them? You know, yeah, I think we're going to we're going to not get um, as much talent in this country from other uh, bands coming over from other countries, not just the US, but all over. There's some great talent um, outside of the UK and we're going to miss out on that. Because mm. because that's an interesting point, right? So I'm a Kiwi, obviously, um, but and we would get bands would come down and play Australia. They would mm-hmm. mostly do one or two shows in New Zealand, um, but a lot of the time, if a band wasn't playing Australia, we wouldn't get them at all. And so when Soundwave collapsed, we basically went off the touring circuit because yeah. they would make whatever they made at Soundwave, and then about like you know an extra five bucks for going to yeah. New Zealand and it's, so it's like you either got them kind of every four four years on a tour cycle or from a festival and I worry that the UK is going to become a bit like that because mm. if it's too hard and promoters aren't making any money it's quite yeah. easy to go fuck it Why bother? Yeah, yeah exactly that's definitely a worry definitely a worry There's, yeah just I'm even just thinking like of, of some of my favorite bands like they that play here really regularly they wouldn't need to. They would benefit as much probably from touring without the UK. Some of them who are sort of more up and coming, not not necessarily huge bands, but yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Sorry to be a downer. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Thanks so much. Interview over, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I understand. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, that's my whole yeah. stick. Yeah, I just come on and get yeah. with people about the exactly. world. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. should have listened to the podcast first yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm feeling it no there's there's got to be benefits as well like let's just let's leave it there surely please yeah. <laughs> please there must be benefits one of the things that um i've been i've been finding really interesting lately is the kind of prospect of like bands playing america not that it's necessarily a new thing but uh, so for example most of my audience is american which is weird because all of my advertising is the UK. Mm-hmm. Like I don't go out and be like, America, I want to talk to you because I kind of don't. And <laughs> like, like there are people doing that over there. You know what I mean? Um, are you, and you were talking before about how your audience is, is sort of growing. Are you finding that people are finding you online from places that you wouldn't necessarily expect? Yeah. There was one month when like I was looking at the stats of just our online streaming and the most listened to, the, the country that we were most listened to in was Canada. It was like, it was really bizarre. So it's, it's either like someone hears it and then they tell their mates and their mates listen, which I guess is is the only, I can't think why else they'd know of us. But yeah, I, I remember that quite distinctly. Um, I think we, we know of some people, um, so we have some fans in Poland just due to connections that we have there. Um, but otherwise, it is mainly UK, but 
again, Colchester, where we're from, isn't generally the top, like most listened to place. It's normally London, um, up north. So, yeah, I don't know how word gets around, really, because we, we don't really advertise either. So we mm. rarely put sort of adverts on social media. So I, I don't know how people hear. I don't know how it works. I mean, my, mind boggles as, my mind boggles as well. Like I know how it works from like a sort of top level, you know, if you're a brand running like a marketing campaign sort of thing. Yeah. But for someone like me who's not, I'm like, yeah. how the fuck does that even happen? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But we've got to say thanks, eh? It's, <laughs> it's cool though, right? That's the thing. And yeah. I, I love is like at least there's some kind of um I don't know. I feel like you have to be of a certain level to be able to like break through other places, you know, because it's just so, like you said yeah. before, there's so much talent and there's so many bands out there that it's mm. cool that people take notice. Yeah, no, definitely. There must be something, uh, whatever it is. I hope someone's watching this and can tell us because I'll like zone in on that. I'll yeah. use that. Whatever, whatever our selling point is, let us know. <laughs> like, I don't care what it is. I'll just, I will <laughs> get out it. there. <laughs> See, you know, we're like that's some that's more TikTok content for you. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know talking of TikTok again? You just reminded me. I saw a band. Um, can't, it might have been someone like the Snuts or I don't know some sort of like indie band um, who became like really big on TikTok, and they were just posting like videos of them talking. Can you do that on TikTok? They were literally just talking and saying like funny things. And then it was like, like 20 second videos huh. and it, it like exploded. So whether they've got like pluggers or people, you know, pushing that content, I don't know. But I remember seeing that funnily enough. And sort of looking at the mirror and thinking to yourself, if I could write a stand up routine, I could really blow this band up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I might get my dad on, on board. He, he knows a lot of dad jokes. He can, he can help us out. This has just become a planning session. If I can love it. <laughs> I know, right? You're giving me so many ideas. I need like a pen and paper to jot them down. Yeah. At least you can <laughs> listen, you can listen back to it and be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things I'm keen to talk to you about is and I love always love talking about songwriting with the the caveat, which I'm sure everyone's sick of me saying at the moment, but I, I don't get bands to like explain their lyrics and stuff because it's, you know. And it's, it generally means that the songs that I like will then start to mean different things than I want them to mean. And that ruins my yeah. listening experience. And I, I'm not one of those people that's like emotionally savvy enough to be able to appreciate a song for the context that it was written. I want it to be all I like that. I and like that a lot. When you, like, you've obviously been writing before the band got together in, in 2019 and you have songs and all that sort of shit, like fucking duh. But between writing songs, producing them, putting them out, do you feel like sometimes you age out of them? Like you, you go to, you know, you record a song and say like 2017 and then you play it in 2021 and you go, Oh man, this is, this is weird. Cause I'm not that person anymore. Or I don't yeah. really like, or like now I know how to deal with these emotions or whatever it, it might be. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the songs that like, even from when we got together that we'd written in that first sort of six month period, that we were planning to record and then we were planning to put them on the debut album. And when we sort of listened, we were like, oh, I don't know if we really like that anymore. Like, do you like that song anymore? Not really. Yeah, me neither. Let's just not bother. Let's just leave that one. Um, 
so we do have we do have that sort of thing happen I think um in te- from before the band I mean I was in a band before this band um and there were certainly songs there because that we that spanned a little bit longer but yeah there were certainly songs there where I was like oh I don't know I think the band sort of matured a little bit do you know what I mean mm. but I don't know if I feel I can't really sing that sort of stuff because that it's not like you say it's not applicable anymore um so it might be applicable to you for example you've taken on your own meaning and that song means something but to sing something that you're not really into is quite hard I think people see through it Hmm. um but I think we're lucky in the with the mess a lot of the stuff a lot of the content is around society is around politics it's around you know things that change so it's inevitable that you're going to have songs that maybe the meaning either changes slightly or or isn't in date as much as it was when we wrote it um but in terms of like our feelings about those songs we I think I can speak on behalf of both of us absolutely love them like there isn't a song that we've put out that we don't still love and don't still love playing mm. um and hopefully that translates and yeah yeah I love but, songwriting yeah when, when I started getting tattoos that because you know how you get a tattoo for like the first time and everyone's like oh it's there forever and I remember the tattooist saying to me that like the meaning of tattoos can change for you over time and I was like, oh, that's poetic. Now I just forget that they're fucking there. They're like really expensive freckles. But do you find that this, the meanings of your songs can change for you over time? Like you can do the reverse of what we just talked about and kind of grow into them. Like if they're a particular song about, you know, politics or society or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely there is. There's, there's songs like, especially the political songs that we write, they, they can change. Number 10 PM was written about the prime ministers at the time. But it's completely applicable to to Boris, to whoever, whoever else who comes next. Um, and yeah, some of some of the other songs. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, like "Eat a Mess," which is on our debut album. I wrote and released that song like seven, eight years ago um, as a solo project. Yeah, it still stands now. <laughs> it still completely stands. That's I mean, horrifying. Um, yeah, it's it is horrifying. It really I think at that point there was like talks about Brexit and there was this idea of this thing that might happen about like you know, there's just all this talk at the time, and that's what the song's about. And obviously it happened, unfortunately. Um, so it's still applicable. So yeah, you can definitely change the meaning of songs. I think it's um it's easier when you're singing about stuff that everyone can relate to like society, like politics, like the state of the world. Mm. One thing that I always um, find super interesting is that like, because you take you take on something, you know, like politics, for example, which is, I, I want to say divisive, but I also don't because I understand that oftentimes we talk about things as though they're politics and they aren't, e.g. basic human rights. It's not like a political yeah. issue. It's just like you're a dick or you're not a dick. Yeah. Um, and you can easily not be a dick. But the the thing with that you is think. that you would hope so, right? I mean... <laughs> Do you, do you find that you attract people from your music and then they get hooked into the lyrics and they go, oh shit, I don't really agree with this band like politically, but I really, I'm, I'm in too deep now. Or do you find that you mostly attract people that agree with you or is it a mix? 
I think a lot of people agree with us. I think because the lyrics stand out so much, like you can generally you can hear all the words um, in our songs. It's not like you know any of them are sort of covered up or the screaming or anything that sort of makes people be able to ignore them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you're not going to agree uh, with what we're saying, then um, you're probably not the sort of person that we want listening. With you know because we are not we don't put our political standpoint out there. We don't ever say you know we ate the Tories or whatever um like even you say even if we do <laughs> like you say we we just sing about like you know the world should be nicer do you know what I mean that's basically the message we're saying and if you don't agree with that then that's fine like you know the door's over there <laughs> so I think people get I think you can get that from our lyrics and and if you if you disagree with what I think it's hard to disagree with what we're saying because we don't say anything that's like really, really explicit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but yeah, we have had people like we've had, we had a comment on YouTube about um, this, this bloke and he said, um, I really liked it. I really liked the music. I really liked it. But what do you say? You haven't got a Chelsea haircut. So like you're not really oi enough. For, for me so thanks and like you know good luck with everything but it's not for me and I was like what is what does that even mean like I'm taking it as a compliment because one I don't want a Chelsea haircut two clearly I'm not a skinhead unless I don't know skinheads have hair now and three like just go away please don't listen to us <laughs> but we do we've had those comments yeah we, we don't yeah I think like I think the other thing with us is people don't always know how to categorize us so like you know people see a Fred Perry and a pair of Dr Martins and braces and they think oh they must be like you know right wing or they must be this they must be that um and the same with the punk scene isn't it like you know Lewis has been said asked before what his stud count is on his jacket and he's like what what are you talking about? They're like, oh, your stud count's not big enough, mate. And we're like, is people really like, is this really a thing? Is this really going to stop you listening to the mess? Because we haven't got enough studs on our jackets. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. that's, yeah, interview's over, right? I mean, if you if you don't have 125 studs, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just don't think you can be on the podcast. I see you, none on you. I'm just oh, saying. No, just, I've never even owned a leather jacket. <laughs> like, I, I have. I am the sellout of sellouts when it comes to this yeah. kind of thing. Like, I have a fucking corporate job, and that's exactly. cool because it means I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. People are weird, though, right? Like, the thing that it's it's a certain kind of guy at a certain kind of age that I notice that does this the most, but will just like go out of their way to comment something that they disagree with on your social media. And it's like, I'm sorry you were caught in my ad audience. I fucked up. I'll change it. But like, leave me alone, yeah. man. You fucking yeah. weirdo. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Yeah. It goes back to social media, doesn't it? Like it's so accessible. You know, we are all so accessible to each other. Um, that was a mistake. Was, yeah. It was such a mistake. Like, I'm going to get shit for this, but that was such a mistake. Yeah. We just... Yeah. And then the second mistake was telling everyone that their opinions were important. That was also yeah. a massive mistake. 
you cut yeah like putting those two things together equals danger like we should have seen it coming you know what i mean yeah. like we should have seen it. we've been ruled for a reason like we should have seen it coming yeah oh no it's bad eh it's uh social media could have been well it, and it still is such a good platform for certain things but it's also just such a like bad platform for mm. so many things i feel like it's uniquely human you know this and um it's 1984 right with george wells talking about double think that idea that you can hold like two ideas at the same time and not realize that they are in what's the word um conflict with each other yep. and i feel like this is i mean we can all obviously see the hellscape that is the internet but like like you say it is awesome and amazing on one side and absolutely horrible on the other and that is just so to me like so uniquely human you know yeah. like we are awesome and amazing and oh my god we do some fucking terrible things yeah yeah no it's, definitely yeah like, it is like humanity yeah yeah no this, very true this isn't what you're expecting you're like oh music podcast it'll be fun <laughs> like oh no uh, you're just keep putting a downer on it all now <laughs> I don't know what to do after this with my life. I just need to reevaluate. I think. Drink. Drink, exactly right. Do you know what? I've got non-alcoholic beer that I'm drinking during this. I have water because um, cider makes me burpy. And I've learned from experience <laughs> that that's a really bad thing to be on podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. You try we to sit there and... that. We, we, can, we can pretend you've got like straight vodka and I'm drinking uh, stout. There we go. We'll just go back through and cut the last bit yeah. out. <laughs> Done. Yeah, we can't we can't show ourselves up. No, no, that wouldn't be very punk of us, would it? No, no, no. Exactly. But stay punk. Stay you stay punk. punk, you don't gotta get punk. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's gotta be on a t-shirt, surely. Do you know? <laughs> this is another sales tip. Yeah. <laughs> I would wear it. I would wear the shit out of that t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Me too, actually. Oh yeah! All right, added to the list. The um, pit needs had a T-shirt that said um, "Punk isn't dead; it's just up for sale." But they no longer do it. Yeah. And I want to write, and it would be weird for me to like write them a letter and be like, "Hey, can you bring that T-shirt back?" But I really want them to bring that fucking T-shirt back. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'd have that as a flag. I'd have it as like an <laughs> everything. You know. That would be like the backdrop to your to your um, podcast. Yeah, that would be better than this shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I'll make you a I'll make you a flag. I'll make you a flag with if um if you what is it? I can't even remember what it is now. If you stay punk, you ain't got to get punk done. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I will hang it over the store, and then it will be yeah. on the back of the podcast for the rest of forever. Right. And indeed, all of my work calls, which will be even better. You said it now. I'm holding you to it. You think I'm joking? I'm looking forward to it coming in the mail. All right, lovely job done. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun honestly i'm having a blast I, I hope the same is true for you i haven't depressed the hell out of you too much no no not at all it's been fun it's fun let's keep it going let's keep it going well that's that's actually one of the things we were talking a little bit about songwriting before um and i so i do like a lot of editing a lot of writing and that kind of thing and i kind of for me i'm used to the fact that like i might write something about I don't know, being sad is stick with typical punk tropes. Um, and but by the time I've edited it and found all of the right words for it, it can sort of become about something else. 
right? And it sort of loses that like initial impact. When you're writing songs, how much, and I guess it's different for each song, right? But you'd never like draft 15 of kind of, you know, you were going to write a song about this. By the time you changed each word and fit it into the melody, it sort of slowly becomes something else. No, no. I think um, I think not only is every song like unique in how you write it. I think I think we're all different, aren't we, in the way we write things. Um, and I've said this in the past. You know, I know some songwriters and some bands will literally sit down with a pen and paper all together, and they will spend ages writing this song, writing a song. And that really works for them. I think for for me, generally what's written on the paper or what's saved in my phone notes is what's going to come out. It 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 tends to just come out in one go. <laughs> um, Jealous. Yeah. It, it, if if it doesn't, um, it's probably um I don't know. There's generally like a theme to each song, so not necessarily a story, but like there's a theme. So like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one I'm writing at the minute. Like something will spring to mind. So like um, someone was talking about global warming the other day. So I was like, oh, that's a good idea for a song. Like we haven't got one about global warming yet. And it's like pretty important. Do you know what I mean? Like let's, let's concentrate on that. So then I just started writing a song. Um, it's sort of a, a bit of a comedy song about like um, how we like do one thing that's really great. So like we go and recycle all our rubbish, all our plastic. Um, and then in the next hand, we go and like, I don't know, fit a load of plastic laminate floors or whatever. And how like as humans, we're like just balancing these things. And we think like we're doing so much like good things for the world. But we're not. We're just doing it to make ourselves feel better. So I just basically just I just get these ideas and I'm like, oh, that would be a great song. Um, and that's yeah. And and when it's out, it's out. And if it doesn't make the cut, then I generally we'll leave it um, or we'll throw it in the bin and don't want to look at it because otherwise I'll, I'll be constantly thinking like, oh, I should work on that song again. Yeah, hmm. I'll go back to that song. And like, I just find if I try too hard, I don't remember the lyrics, like it, I'll get on a stage and won't remember them. So have, have you always been like that or did you start like say with poetry and then move into songs or did songs just always come first to make sense? I think probably songs. I've always written. I've always liked writing, just in general. I liked, I liked writing at school. I was interested in English, you know. So I've always, I've always enjoyed it. Um, but I wouldn't say, um, and if my family are watching this, they'll laugh and they'll agree, I wouldn't say I'm particularly intellectual, <laughs> to put it out there. Um, but, I, you know, I'm certainly not like, totally thick you know <laughs> like yeah. like 80 maybe but not like 100 percent thick you know what i mean yeah, yeah. You know, i've got i've got you know a little bit going for me but um yeah i've always enjoyed writing i've just always enjoyed that side of things so i've always like enjoyed like rhyming and um things just come and i i find it really difficult to explain to people who don't like music or who don't play or who don't write poetry um, that sometimes you just get the, get it in your head, don't you? You'll just get mm -hmm. this thing in your head, or things will just start rhyming in your head, and like that, that's got to come out. If that doesn't come out, I'm I'm gonna go mad. Yeah, like you you just got to, you have to get it out. 
Um, and I've certainly always been like that. I, I remember always writing just little bits down. Um, and I always wanted to be in a band. That's the other thing. Like, always wanted to play guitar, always wanted to be in a band. Never did it till, you know, till in my 20s. Um, so, yeah, probably should have done it earlier, to be honest. Oh, that's an existential rabbit hole, isn't it? The whole idea yeah. of like, did I start late or not? Too late. Yeah. Um, Greg, yeah. and I, I can't say his name ever. You know, Dillinger Escape Plan, Kill or Be Killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg. Yeah. Yep. He, he was telling me that he, live, his, he lives his whole life around waiting for those moments of inspiration that you've just talked about. And he's like, I don't go yeah. out. I don't like have a girlfriend. I just, I just write music. That's that's what oh, it, wow. that's what he does, and he's like he'll be doing whatever he's doing. As soon as he gets an idea, he will stop, and he will and and he will write it down, and he'll sit there until he's done. And he's like, he I just can't. He's obviously the extreme end, right? But he's like, I just can't yeah. stand the idea of losing another idea. And yeah, I'm sitting yeah. there going, holy fuck, I need to get my shit together because I can't <laughs> tell you how many good ideas I've lost just as I started yeah. to fall asleep. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's he's like, I'll just get back up and. I so I'm slightly different to you in that I can do like fiction, short stories, or that kind of stuff, but I cannot rhyme for shit. And so okay. I'll get a scene or a character or anything in my head. And if it doesn't go out, I'm gonna like explode, right? But when it comes to poetry, it just just doesn't happen. Doesn't work. Just doesn't work. I don't yeah. know why. Just that's it. Mm-hmm. Like we're all different. It's all related, isn't it? Like the going to sleep thing, that's a sign. I'd say, like, when, you, when you're going to sleep and, like, you get these great ideas, don't you? Or, like, you know, you, yeah, you're so tired and you get a great idea. Um, yeah, that is a thing. That's, you know, that's, like, that's a struggle. I'm putting it out there. That's a first world problem, Yeah, that is. I'm I've sure people in the thought, third world have that problem too. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> okay, we'll just say it's a problem. We'll just call it a problem then. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, that... That's the sort of thing I always think about getting like a um like a dictaphone. Always thought, oh, get a dictaphone, put it by the bed. Like if you've got this idea, just talk it into it. Cause sometimes the idea goes quicker than you can write it down. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's literally that quick, isn't it? Um but yeah, that's 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 definitely a problem. But in the same in the same way, like I said to you, like if I can't get an idea quick enough, so if it takes me too long to be writing something. And it's not coming naturally. Um, in the same way as if Lewis and I forget an idea, we will generally drop it because we think either we have it's not good enough, we haven't remembered it. So if we if we haven't remembered it, then you know, how's Bobby down the road gonna remember it when it's on a record? You want someone to know it from the off. Um, so that's the other way I, I look at things as well. It's an interesting one, right? That whole because you have to be pragmatic about it. I mean, as you well know, but yeah, it's like if I, you, we could spend so much time lamenting the ideas that we fell asleep on or thought to ourselves, I'll remember that when I wake up in the morning. But you can't, right? It's because you just, I guess you just get idea paralysis. I don't know. The struggle is real. Yeah. Have you ever done it though? Like I've written ideas down and I've woken up the next day. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> what was I thinking? That yeah. is rubbish. <laughs> written like the cat is out on the mat. That would be a great rhyme for a song. <laughs> what yeah. what what is that yeah or i've been so asleep that i've 
over what you like borderline, you know, your eyes are super heavy and you can't bear to look at your phone. And so I try yeah. to type it on my awesome <laughs> touchscreen phone and I look at it in the morning and it just makes no fucking sense. <laughs> and I'm just like, I miss when we had the old buttons and I knew where the fucking yeah. buttons were. <laughs> yeah, so true. I've done that as well. But by the same token, like my phone notes are full of ideas that I will probably never use that at the time yeah. were super duper important. I don't know if you turn all of your ideas, like all of the ones you remember into songs or if you have loads of those too. Yeah, yeah, have lots of those as well. Um, phone notes is great for that, obviously. You, can, you know, anywhere you go, you can write stuff down. Um, but yeah, there's there's loads of ones that I've just never gone back to. Um, but then the other thing, and I said this the other day, when Lewis and I get in a room, generally the music comes quite easily. We'll just, um, we'll, we'll, jam together and and something will come out and then every now and then I'd say I'll think oh I wrote something I remember writing some lyrics that would go really well with that that I'd had no idea for about music for um so yeah I'm trying to think of any songs that we've done that for um I think like um people on the first album that was one of those. So I'd had those lyrics for ages. I'd had them lyrics in the last band and just couldn't get the music for it. Just didn't, just didn't come. So yeah, that was one that was saved in my notes from like two years before. Um, and then Lewis plays this beat and I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that's going to go. So that's, ge- yeah, generally where my phone notes go. I love that. Are you, are you an organized phone notes person? Like I'm not. My phone notes, they don't have folders. They just, they just exist. Oh, imagine, imagine if, if we could be more organized. I'm the same. I tried, I tried for one day and I like color coded, you know, you can pick like, you yeah. can say like, oh, the red folder is going to be like done. And the green folder is going to be like, mm, not sure about this idea. So I like named them all like that so that I would know what I meant. It lasted, yeah, like a day. And now there's like, there's probably like one idea in red. Yeah, I'm exactly, exactly the same. I don't rename podcasts after I've done them. And so it's just this long code that Zoom spits out and I've just gone through the code fuck, which one's this? Brilliant. Oh, no, that must be a nightmare for podcasts. At least with notes, you can see like the first line. I was just opening them, trying to remember who people are based on their voices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But it's it's odd. It's like... I had I had this whole thing about um, trying to free up brain space. This is this sounds slightly psychotic, but it's that whole idea of like keeping things as much in, in, as I can in my life super simple, um, and freeing up brain space for ideas and other kinds of things. So, like for example, I have a capsule wardrobe. I don't really think about what I wear because I have clothes that are good for most things, other than like mm-hmm. you know going to a wedding or whatever um so I just get up and I get dressed and I'm done and they're all pretty much the same color and I'm very boring like that but I got I somehow got into this idea that like if I could just kind of semi-automate all of these processes my brain would be better at coming up with ideas and it kind of is but the rest of me is not good at doing stuff with those ideas (laughs) you know (laughs) like there's a massive break in the system yeah You've got to, you've got to reorganize. You got to redesign that system. Yeah, like it's it's a good way to put it. I want yeah. I've never tried that myself. I think um, 
do you know what I said this to funnily enough I said this to um Donny from Pet Needs we were we were chatting the other day and we were chatting about the, the pandemic and like you know our, how we've been writing and um I said like when I was really free at the start of the pandemic because I went on to shift work for my day-to-day job and there was a I think it was one in every four weeks we got eight days off shift in a row so I was like amazing like whole week and a day to like do stuff to do like music and stuff right when it came to it I couldn't I had no inspiration I had all this time and all this like I'd organized everything it was great stress-free and I was like what do I do now (laughs) whereas like I'm in the middle of like a work call and I'm like oh I've got these ideas sorry can you just hold for a sec (laughs) (laughs) like body's panicking to like get it down so yeah um I I don't know that that would work for me very well I think I might be a little bit like you (laughs) I think there'd be a break in the system yeah and there's a Christopher Hitchens quote where he used to say that he was the cleanest person ever because he had all his best ideas in the shower and it's that idea that like you're not because you're not actively thinking about it you solve the problem right yeah and so it's like when you're at work you're not thinking about the creative thing and all of a sudden you're solving all these creative problems and you're just like yeah yeah Yeah. pen up yeah it's exactly it's exactly the same thing for me yeah crazy our minds are mad eh Mm. that's why we have music exactly exactly and I think that's the same with with us when when Lewis and I play together with the Mephs like when we we go into a rehearsal room we we never go in thinking oh or maybe sometimes I will with lyrics or like the odd riff but we never go in thinking right today we're going to write a song and today and the song is going to be like this and it's going to be like a fast song it's going to be like three minutes long and we're going to write it we we can't work in that way. Lewis is really unorganized. Like, like today he texted me, I was like, right, mate, um, I'm going to buy myself a diary. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm not that organized either. Like some of it's a bit of a front, you know? Um, so when we go into the, um, we go into the studio and we rehearse, Stuff just comes out, I think, because we don't plan it to. So we write a lot because it just comes out. It's a release. And, yeah, whereas when we've we've had maybe one or two where we thought, okay, let's let's do writing. Like this session, let's do writing. Nah, we, we sit outside and drink a beer. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it's, it's not the same. We don't have that same creativity. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Don't be I love organized. it. Yeah, so don't be organized. That's the that's yeah. it. It's the myth buzz. Yeah. Don't be organized. Don't be organized. Yeah. Just do yeah. Don't be yeah, don't be organized. I like it. That that is honestly the, the, the best thing to end this on. This has been so much fun. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah. This has been really cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Lily from the Myths. Fantastic band. Make sure you check them out. You can stream them, Spotify. YouTube, Apple Music, fuck it, you people know where to stream music. It's not like any of this is new anymore. Talking about things not being new anymore, you can know how to support the podcast. We're coming up pretty close to a year of doing this, which is kind of crazy. We're not that far away, and I can't believe the time has gone so quickly. 
So hit that like button, subscribe, follow. I don't know what fucking buttons are on the podcast services. I'm sure you know which ones are on the ones you use, though. And uh, drop a review that says that this is a pretty cool podcast if you like it and if you like leaving reviews. This track is The Myths, obviously. It's called You'll See. It's their latest one. And like I say, make sure you go check them out on all the streaming, social media. They're a really great band. Great bunch of people. You're on the More Than Punk podcast. I'll be back next week. See you then. I'm in charge of my own destiny. (laughs) 